Blog Talk Radio. Hello everyone, I'm Brian Carrington and you're listening to Call Talk for August 15th, 2012. Today's topic is eliminating your customer service blind spot with CoBrowse technology. Now, if you're listening live, I want to invite you to be a part of the show and ask questions. It's really easy, and here's how you do it. You can, one, email me at brian at benchmarkportal.com. That's spelled out B-R-I-A-N at benchmarkportal.com. Or if you're listening on the phone or even close to one, you can call in, and the number is this, 347-857-3117. We'll repeat that throughout the show to help you, but make sure you press the number 1 on your phone once you've dialed that number to let me know that you have a question, and I'll get you right in. I also want to remind everyone that our shows are archived and available to listen to at any time at our website at benchmarkportal.com. At any time that's convenient to you, log in and start listening and learning. So let's go ahead and kick the show off as I introduce the host of Call Talk, Bruce Belfiore. Well, thank you very much, Brian, and welcome back to Call Talk, everyone. Today's topic is eliminating your customer service blind spot with CoBrowse technology. And for this, we've brought in an expert on the topic for you. I've known Dusty Stanford for a good number of years. I'm not sure I want to count how many. Anyway, he is the, <laughs> <laughs> the sales director at LiveLook and has been in technology for the last 25 years. He's worked with some leading call center companies in the world and has held numerous positions in the contact center environment, including successfully leading his own center. So he knows what it's like to be a call center manager. Dusty has extensive knowledge in call centers from an ex- external and internal perspective. He's here in his capacity as a subject matter expert on CoBrowse technology, so it's really my pleasure to welcome Dusty Stanford. How are you doing, Dusty? Great, Bruce. Thank you for having me today. Thank you, Brian, and uh, really looking forward to spending a little time with you here today. Okay, well, good. Well, Dusty, as we dig into this topic, let's make sure we have our definition straight to start with so that we're all on the same page. Uh, First, can you tell us how is co-browsing different from screen sharing or remote support? Well, Bruce, as you look at it, uh, they basically look the same uh, as screen sharing, But when we're talking about co-browsing, we're talking about being able to enable the call center agent to see the screen that the customer is on in real time, instantly, uh, with nothing more than a couple of clicks of their mouse. Um, With that, uh, you're enabling that agent to view what that customer is seeing. You're able to help them because they don't have to download anything to get to that share. Um, Mm -hmm. They're able to do it um, without having to worry about what browser they're using or what operating their system they're using. So you you, want to have a a tool that allows for those things and also offers security. Um, When you're talking about uh, a tool that is more of a remote control type of support, more than often than not, you have to have a download. So this Mm -hmm. is just quicker, easier, and cleaner to use. Okay. Well, and you mentioned the word security, and that is a big concern these days, obviously, for all kinds of uh, important legal and ethical reasons. Uh, Can Mm -hmm. you tell us, uh, Dusty, how is customer privacy and data security handled uh, 
if a customer is sharing his or her screen with one of the agents? Well, it, with a robust Chrome browse application, uh, there to handle security, and especially with the, the type of customer you're looking at, PCI and HIPAA compliance become a huge part of what they're concerned with when they're looking at Cobrows. Uh, exactly. That shared, you need to be able to uh, limit to the browser so that the agent can only see your customer's uh, see their own website when they're talking to the customer and working with the customer and seeing what that customer's looking at. You also uh, want to potentially be able to limit the pages on a website that a customer can see because maybe there's certain information on pages that a customer would enter that it, the, the agent really doesn't need to see. And along with that, for PCI, for many of the retail accounts I work with, um, one of the biggest challenges is when a customer goes to check out, uh, you would have to leave them and hope that they can make it through the process. But with a robust co-browse application, because the tool has the ability to block information by line item, you're now able to follow that customer right into checkout and make sure they have the right promo codes, make sure they're going through the process and having help and support doing it, but limiting the agents so they can't see that all-important credit card number or security mm -hmm. number to the credit card. So what you're saying is really a robust code browsing tool will, will act like a scalpel. It will cut out those things that uh, the agent shouldn't see, uh, not necessarily because they're dishonest or something like that, but just institutionally you don't want them to be able to see it. And on the other hand, uh, you can have that tool uh, reveal to the agent only those parts of the screen that don't represent risk and that do represent the, the areas where the, the the customer needs assistance. Is that correct? But that's absolutely exactly correct, uh, Bruce. I mean, um, as you look at it, many companies today have requirements through their organization that um, they can't, they shouldn't be able to see certain things. And if you look at it, PCI and HIPAA requirements actually ban that information from being shown to agents in many occasions. And mm -hmm. a robust co-browse application allows you to maintain your compliances and keeps the company safe. And, you know, it helps the agents, too, because, you know, you, you don't want to tempt them by showing them information. Why not protect them as well and not let them see the information and protect the right. customer as well? well? You know, I think that's important for our listeners to hear uh, because if they're looking into uh, co-browse technology, then one of the things that they'll want to do is to really get very specific uh, on what parts of the screen, you know, they'll want the agent to see and what not uh, to see. And comforting to know that they can then uh, tailor things uh, so that, in fact, that's all that is revealed to the agent. So that, that's great stuff. Okay, well, let, okay. let's go back to uh, the co-browse technology in general. And, and can you give us some use cases or examples of how companies are actually using co-browse as a call center tool? Well, most definitely, Bruce. Uh, uh, one of the accounts that I work with uh, is a, a university, Grantham University. Uh, they're an online educational group, and they do a tremendous amount of work with young military personnel. Um, when they first started to look at this, uh, they were looking for a military students um, get through the application or admission process. Uh, those admission forms can be a real challenge. Uh, 
And by being able to co-browse, they can now join that student as they're filling out that application and get them through the information the first time without them mm -hmm. having to come back time and time again to make sure the information is correct. Okay. Next, now, now this, this, this does not work with the examinations, though, correct? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not doing the physical <laughs> exams online. <laughs> well, uh, okay, and another thing was... The, the other thing was the financial aid forms. Um, being a father of six, I've been through the FOSA program uh, uh, many times, and it can be a challenge. And uh, with, the, again, a good co-browse tool, you're able to get out on that FOSA form with the student and mm -hmm. make sure they're entering the information and understand the gist of the question and help move them through that complicated form in a very quick in easy fashion. Now, mm -hmm. what's really cool about Grantham is Grantham's now also using this for student affairs and offering it out to the teachers and students. So these young military people, they may be having a challenge with an assignment. Now they can co-browse with one of their instructors. So mm -hmm. it's not only helping come into the, the, the school, it's not only helping with financial aid, but it's also helping with education because um, when you look at it, typically you show a course on the web and you don't have that collaboration. Now with our tool, the student can show what they're doing and get that teacher's feedback. So it's yeah. it's helping the students. But, you know, th that could be a very important point to uh, people on the phone. Some of them may be saying, you know, I really want to have this technology. Uh, mm -hmm. I always have a problem uh, justifying new technology costs to my senior management. But uh, if you put on your thinking cap and try to think of other areas of the enterprise in which co-browse could be utilized, then you might mm -hmm. find some allies inside the organization uh, to both push for it and to absorb the cost of it. And in this case, what you're saying is, uh, in the case of Grantham, that uh, it's not only used in the case of the call center, but also actually being used in the educational process now. Is that correct? That, that is absolutely correct. Bruce, one other thing that was important uh, to Grantham University was um, sometimes dealing with young military personnel that are um, all across the world. Um, they were a little bit afraid of sharing screen because they didn't know what these young people may have up on their computer in the background. They're using the security that, again, a, a good, robust co-browse application has to limit to the browser. So when mm -hmm. that student comes in, all of their personnel are only seeing what they need to see, and it's mm -hmm. uh, helping prevent and protect them from uh, a potential HR issue. Okay, great, great. Well, and it, that's great. Uh, I think that's very important. And, and just to go back the, to the enterprise concept, uh, mm -hmm. some of the listeners may in fact have other parts of their enterprise where they are now themselves uh, basically on the phone talking with people and saying, oh, by the way, go over here, go over there, you know, and they could internally be using co-browse capabilities uh, among colleagues, and they may know of others inside the organization that could use co-browse technology. Um, and so I, I just leave that as a thought with our listeners that if you're interested in this technology, uh, want to be able to justify it, you may be able to find some very strong allies in other operating parts of your organization in order to actually, uh, uh, you know, look into it further and justify it. 
Um, right. Did now, you have some Bruce, other other cases yeah. as well? Yeah. Um, uh, again, Bruce, we, we deal with a myriad of different uh, verticals. Uh, insurance companies, financial institutions. Um, one of the insurance companies that I work with, Bruce, um, we've all had to do this. Every year your, uh, your health insurance comes due and you have to go out online and fill out that application for health insurance again. And uh, this particular insurance company uh, found their forms were rather cumbersome, uh, and they were spending a significant amount of time um, helping those people, guessing where they were at on the form as they were filling it out, and the call durations were tremendous. But Hmm. by offering up a co-browse, they were able to reduce their call durations by over 80%. Because now being able to visually see and join and collaborate with that customer, they were able to see where they were at on the form. And if the person maybe had some challenges, they were able to ask for permission to take cursor control. Now, the customer is still in charge of mouse and still in charge of keyboard, so you maintain your PCI compliance and HIPAA compliance. But now you can point to that customer where they need to click what they need to fill out next to complete the form. So reduce call durations by 80%, reduce customer frustration, and increased first call resolution. It was a a tremendous win for that particular insurance company. That's fabulous. That's fabulous. uh, Tell me a little bit about uh, retail. How about retail area? Well, when you look at retail, uh, this is particularly near and dear to me. Um, Handle personally retail for uh, the world for uh, my company. And when you look at it, uh, my wife does a lot of shopping online, and she's out there looking for different things. And she runs into challenge sometimes finding exactly what she's looking for. Or she runs into a challenge going through the checkout process. And again, uh, without a robust tool, nobody could follow her in or nobody could help her. But by having a co-browse there, you're now giving an in-store feeling to that customer because you can join them with just a couple of clicks, see what that customer's looking at, and actually help them shop. Uh, If a company has a lot of SKUs or a lot of different things to offer, what better way than to join them, show them a couple of different options, and help them make the best decision for them. So customers absolutely love the support they get and they've commented that it allows them to come back time and time again because they know there's somebody there that can help them. And when you do this, you're increasing the conversion rate, and you're actually helping that retailer because, oh, by the way, Mr. Customer or Mrs. Customer, that skirt you're looking at is beautiful, but have you thought about this blouse? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The agent can cross-sell, and it's... uh, it's increasing conversion. It's increasing the average value of shopping cart, reducing customer frustration, and it's also making sure that customer's checking out. Right. Well, you know, thinking about that, too, uh, also important for being able to put together the ROI case or the financial justification for new technology. And, um, you know, in many cases, uh, the actual amount uh, you know, a fairly small amount of conversion can actually pay for the technology, and then the rest becomes gravy. And if you can show that to senior management, that can be a very powerful thing too. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that, Dusty? 
Well, when you look at the uh, the return on investment, you're, you're absolutely correct, Bruce. A lot of companies are looking for something that can be justified in a year or six months. Uh, with a robust co-browse application, uh, I myself have been seeing justifications in a couple of months or less. Uh, mm-hmm. The reason is it, it just has such a huge impact across the call center. It has a mm-hmm. huge impact on the customer experience and it has a, a huge impact on the end, end result. So it, it, it's something that, given the chance, a, a, good per, a good salesperson is going to want to talk about those things, understand what's happening today, and help you build out that return on investment. Right, right. Okay, well, that, uh, important stuff there. And uh, we've got some questions coming in that uh, Brian will pass to us, but let me just ask you one more question before we do that. Because it occurs to me that the government sector uh, could be uh, very much in need of this kind of technology. I just had an experience the other day with the uh, GSA in which I was on the phone and uh, listening to the person. who was very nice, uh, giving me instructions. But then I had to go to the website and sort of fumble here and fumble there. And she had to instruct me where to go, et cetera. And that would have been a perfect situation for... Um, co-browse uh, assistance, if you will. And, you know, I think mm-hmm. of some of the, uh, the the centers that deal with um, people in the uh, child welfare area or whatever, where, where forms are, are very important. Um, but what, are you, what are your thoughts or experiences with regard to the government sector? You know, Bruce, uh, you, you pretty much hit the nail on the head here for, for me and an experience I had last night as well. Um, me and my wife uh, are, are caretakers for uh, for two young children, and the forms that you have to fill out can be rather taxing, and it takes a, a lot of time to understand what they're looking for and even how to get to those forms. And, and you're absolutely right. For government, this would be a huge win by being able to talk to somebody and co-browse with somebody and have them direct you to where you need to be and help you through that process. We've mm-hmm. all had challenges in the past finding those things, and uh, now we can, uh, with a good co-browse application, they could alleviate many of those challenges. Uh, yeah. Last night, uh, again, I'm here in Boston at a show this week, and uh, went out to a restaurant for dinner and had the pleasure of sitting next to a gentleman who had served his 30 years in the military and the Navy. And uh, his job now is, after he's retired from the military, he uh, works for the government, and he's helping the the families and the troops that are returning from war. Um, in doing so, uh, we talked about what Cobrows was, and uh, he was so excited about the fact that you know, as he shared, Dusty, many times uh, it, it's helping them find the right forms, helping them get to the right areas. They've got enough challenges in dealing with the fact that either a family member is overseas and it's his job to make things as easy as possible for those family members mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. easy for the troops when they return. So we talked about this, and he said, yeah, it's uh, you know, being able to view things online with them and direct them is a way to make their lives easier, and right. uh, GSA is part of that, being able to sell to the government and help the government employees and the people who deal with the government. Right, right. Okay, no, that's, uh, 
I think that's a, a, an important area, and, and I'm sure one that's going to be exploring this technology going forward. Okay, well, great. These are fabulous insights, and I noticed that Brian has some uh, questions for you. Brian? That's right, guys. Thanks again. And uh, I want to remind everyone of our callers that uh, if you have a question, feel free to call in, and the number to call would be 347-857-3117, and then press the number one on your dial pad, and I'll get you in. But right now, I've got a couple email questions that have come in. And uh, the first one, Dusty, is for you uh, from Donna. And Donna asks, is Cobrowse a complement to phone support only, or can it be used with live chat? Fantastic question, Donna. Um, Cobrowse, again, a good, robust Cobrowse application should be able to work with either phone or chat. And again, being able to work with phone or chat, you, you need the, the spoken word or the typed word to go along with it, but that visual component uh, really helps the person that's on the web have a better understanding of where they need to go and what they need to do. So, again, we can, uh, a good co-browse should be able to work with phone and chat interactions. Okay. Very good. Very good. And uh, I've got another one. This one, uh, an email question from George. Uh, thank you, George, for your question. And he asks, does co-browsing work on mobile devices like iPads or, in my case, like uh, maybe the non-iPhone <laughs> uh, devices? <laughs> No, so like the Android or whatever. The Android, Bob, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that also is a great question. Uh, we're seeing that mobility is definitely a top concern for many businesses across the country. Uh, at the show I'm at today, uh, there's many, many uh, different companies talking about how they can work with mobility. Uh, the phone is no longer just a, a, a talking device anymore. It's, it's a device where you're receiving text or going out to websites. And, yes, co-browsing is compatible with mobile devices today. Hmm. Let, so, let me ask a follow-up uh, question on ahead. that. Does it impact your data plan? I know a lot of people are concerned about the cap on the data. Uh, how does co-browsing impact that side of things? Um, it Again, when you look at it, you're co-browsing. So if you're out on the web and you're doing what you need to do on the web, whatever that application does to your data plan, uh, it, it should be the same with co-browsing. It's the Just same. maintain okay. the, yeah, you're not good. increasing it. Good, good, good. Sorry, Bruce, to interrupt. Go ahead. No, that's okay. I was just thinking, if you have this small screen, and uh, so somebody is basically pushing things around while you're talking to them, is that correct? And um, um, yeah, I just, I've never done a co-browse on a small screen. Is it a different experience, Dusty, or is it pretty much the same? Uh, it, again, depending on the screen size you have, Bruce, and depending on uh, the the tool that you're using, uh, it may be a little different. But the wonderful thing about some of the tools that are out there today is you can put two fingers together and pull it apart, and uh, yep. it gives you a much bigger picture to look at. So uh, it, I'm just amazed every time I look at some of these mobile devices and what you can do with them. So it it, it should give you a very clean and very comfortable experience. And for the agents, they're seeing what that customer is seeing. Okay, great. Okay, Brian, we have another question? Yeah, we do. Yeah, and I just want to comment on that last uh, comment that you gave, Dusty. That's very interesting because I know with phones for a while, some were not able to browse the Internet uh, at the same time they were uh, using their phone uh, as far as 
conversation, but now many of the devices are uh, able to do both. So very timely, and right. uh, what a great help that would be. That's that's very interesting. Right. Okay. So uh, one another question. This is from Felicia, and uh, she is asking, how do customers react to co-browsing with agents? Um, are they nervous about security or unsure how to use the technology? Every experience I've had with my customers is that their customers love it. Uh, when they first come in the first time into a co-browse session, uh, the agents are trained to let the customer know that um, you know this is a fully secured communication. They ask for permission to take over cursor control, and they let them know that they're not in control of your computer. You're still in control of the computer, Mr. Customer. I'm just driving your cursor and pointing out where you need to click and helping you through the process. Once they get that visual relationship going, though, it, again, uh, for retail, it's it's like standing next to a, a person in the store. Um, a few weeks back, I did go to a store and uh, acquired a set of trousers that I needed for this trip. When I was there, uh, the person was able to bring up a couple of shirts and a tie to show me how things would go together. Well, I would have rather been able to do that via the web so I didn't have to drive and pay $4 a gallon for gas to get to the store. Now, because I could co-browse, the person, uh, the agent on the other end can deliver that to me, and the customers are absolutely loving what they're seeing. Uh, it's safe. It's secure. And uh, with just two clicks, it's very, very easy for the customer. Um, I have some older family members that were afraid to do things on the web before. But now with co-browse, uh, the agents are able to help those people in a way that they were unable to help them in the past. Uh, they would try to describe what to do and how to get to some place. And it just made it very difficult and frustrated my family members. But now when they get on the site where there's co-browse, that agent's actually there to join them and help them through the process. It's an amazing way to establish a visual relationship with a customer from the web or a customer who may have abandoned in the past and never come back. Mm. So the feedback is huge. Um, financial unions, credit unions, banks, um, with the securities that we have in place, it makes it so easy now to go in and look at your accounts and have somebody there support you through um, you know, what I have in my account, what were my deposits. In the past, you'd have to do that alone. Now you can do it with somebody and you can actually talk about what you're seeing and have them point things out and you're reducing call duration and you're increasing satisfaction. There's so many different ways that this is improving experience. It's just a wonderful tool. Hmm. Okay, well, that, that's all uh, great input, and uh, I was just thinking, as we get toward the, the bottom of the hour, there's a, a couple of other thoughts that I have. Dusty, are there any downsides to Cobrio's technology? Uh, is there anything that people should look out for in terms of uh, implementation? Uh, what do they need to be concerned about with regard to training? I realize that's kind of a three-part question there, but um, are there there? Uh, you know, I'll be happy to you know re repeat <laughs> if you forget them. But yeah, what what are the things that people need to be aware of uh, to make sure that you know this this is done properly? Well, keep me honest to make sure I hit everything here, Bruce. If you would, okay. Well, some of the things you do need to watch out for. 
today there's uh, premise-based solutions that you would buy and you'd have on site. And then your, your, your support team has to take care of daily care and feeding and take care of servers. And, you know, you've got to worry about annualized maintenance agreements. Uh, you've got to worry about what time to do a forklift upgrade. Uh, a mm-hmm. good co-browse solution should come to you as a hosted or a SaaS model. Um, as a SaaS model, uh, it makes it very simple to get things up and operational. Um, it makes it very quick and easy for the uh, uh, the IT department and those who want to have it in their departments to get the information pulled together of the look and the feel that they want for mm-hmm. their customer to experience. And because it's a SaaS model and because the tool only requires a couple of clicks, um, it's a very, very intuitive tool for your, your agents to use. So training mm-hmm. becomes very easy. Uh, you spend a little time with the team going over you know, where the launch points are and how things work, they already know your products. It's just giving them another way to engage the customer and support the mm-hmm. customer. So training is very straightforward and simple. Now, I, hopefully I answered the whole question. Bruce, what did I miss? No, I, I think you did. And with the training, do you find that it's also necessary to give uh, agents specific training on putting the customer at ease with regard to security issues. Is that part of the training? That is definitely part of the training, Bruce. Um, again, once a customer with a good tool comes to, uh, uh, they click that launch point, and then they go to a landing page, that information mm-hmm. is right there up front and center in front of the customer, and your agent can share uh, and talk to them about you know, I'm going to be joining you. You're going to see right on your page when you get there, though, Mr. Customer, a little bar pop-up that tells you I can now view your screen. So be very upfront. Let the customer know. And the security concerns have not been a problem as mm-hmm. with the customers that I deal with. Okay. Good, good, good. Well, you know, it seems to me that, or I have said in the past, that technology best practices, because we all – have a sense of what procedural and process best practices are. But when we talk about a technology best practice, what does that really mean? And uh, my definition has always been, you know, it needs to provide higher customer satisfaction and loyalty and also provide measurably better financial results for the organization. If you have those two components together, then you've got a really uh, a technology that's providing you with best practice uh, capabilities. So uh, I think that, um, you know, this is a situation in which uh, proper analysis, internal analysis on the part of listeners who are interested in this kind of technology could be very revealing and would indicate whether this is, in fact, something that will provide those components of best practice, higher customer satisfaction and loyalty, and better financial results for the company, both in terms of lower costs and in terms of higher revenues. So uh, definitely something to to look into, and I really, really appreciate all of the uh, information that you gave us today, Dusty. Obviously, uh, the the fruit of a lot of experience, and uh, uh, thank you very much for being on today. Bruce, thank you very much for uh, inviting me on, and I really appreciate the opportunity to, uh, to join you on the show today. Thank you. Okay, great. Well, Brian, over to you to wrap things up. 
All right. Well, thank you, Bruce. Uh, thanks again, Dusty, for joining us today. What a, a cool technology that is and very timely with everyone you see walking around with mobile devices and getting online for just about everything. This is something that could uh, really help a lot of businesses out there and, and connect even closer with their clients. So uh, pretty cool stuff. But I uh, want to invite you all to join us again next time on Call Talk. That's September 19th when we'll talk about how training can set the atmosphere in the call center. And, of course, don't forget to sign up for a free Reality Check Benchmark Report and see how your call center compares to others in the industry. You can do that by just logging into BenchmarkPortal.com, and you'll see the free Reality Check Benchmark Report and uh, shed some very, very good uh, insight on how your call center is performing compared to others in the same industry. So, from all of us here at Benchmark Portal, keep those headsets steady and your fingers ready. This is Brian Carrington signing out. Have a great day. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.